Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Hello, there I go. Hey, thanks for that. Um, Hey, you know, life's a funny thing. Um, Some of you know that um, my husband and I, Caleb and I, went to, uh, decided that 2017 was uh, going to be a year we would uh, do, th- do something we'd never done before. Um, you know, because sometimes life can just get a little bit ordinary, a little bit boring. You know, you get up, you go to work, you come home, you go to sleep, you do it all again the next day. And we were just sort of feeling a bit of that. We we're sort of feeling like life has just become very predictable and comfortable. Let's do something just way outside of our comfort zone and, and make 2017 just a year where we can um, give God room to move. Um, so we rented our house out, we uh, stored all of our stuff into a container, and uh, we caught a flight um, to Australia to begin with, and um, and and had the plan to travel the the, the world for the year, uh, which we were super excited about. Um, and I had I was pretty optimistic about like what God was going to do and what He was going to provide for us. I'd had some um, had some friends that had done this, and just amazing things happen, and they wound up living in Italy and just you know like living the dream. So. Um, Probably Caleb, not so much, but but for me, I was just I was just pumped and and had dreamed of you know maybe in the south of France somewhere we might find a little cute little village and they would have like epic surf for, for Caleb and I could you know buy you know open a little store and sell homewares and write a book and um, just you know dreams are free but just you know anything anything could happen. But what actually did happen was um, we, we spent probably two or three months in Asia, just travelling around um, Southeast Asia and then uh, the Philippines and Japan, and, um, and, and I got a parasite, and I was really sick. Um, I don't tell you, you know, don't sort of tell you about that sort of thing. And I've lived a really healthy life. I've, you know, never been very sick, you know, apart from a cold or a chest infection. Um, the odd winter, I've always been really healthy. Um, and so I just had just the sore guts, you know, and you kind of get to expect that in uh, third world countries. You know, you do expect a bit of the dilly belly. And so to begin with, that's, that's all I thought, um, you know, that I had. Um, so we got, to, we got to Canada, and by this stage, we've been on the road for six months, just living out of a suitcase and um, just, you know, um, I was loving, I'd love to go back to Canada, just adored the country, um, but I was feeling really bad and um, we had planned um, to be away until sort of October, November. Um, we were going from Canada to Europe and we had this um, this tour book, we were just going to travel about, I think it was 13 or 14 countries, it was just the dream. And um, yeah, but I was really sick and we, uh, we figured out that it would be cheaper to fly home from Vancouver to um, Christchurch than it would to go and see a doctor. And I've been, been to a few doctors and, and things, but no one could really figure out what was wrong with me. And, um, and how the kind of the parasite was manifesting is that um, it just gives you really bad reflux. And if you've ever like had too, you know, had too much fish and chips or you've had a really dirty meal, sometimes you can get that heartburn in your chest. So that's what I was experiencing. And I thought, having a heart attack, you know, every time it would happen because that's what it felt like. Um, so we came home and, um, you know, and I got a diagnosis and I'm, I, uh, I yeah, got a diagnosis and, and I'm in the process of um, being free of 
uh, those little guys. Um, but you know, sometimes sometimes life can take you in different directions, like in a direction that you didn't didn't foresee. And um, I think, you know, for, for us, you know, uh, Caleb was very happy to be home, let me just say. But, um, but I think, you know, like sometimes life just takes you in, in you know, in different turns and you, you find yourself in an environment or you find yourself in a situation that you didn't plan for. But what I do know is that God is in control. And I remember lying um, in our, um, you know, B&B in, um, in Vancouver and just feeling quite sick. And I had some worship music on, I was just praying and uh, I suddenly, you know, I just really felt the Lord say to me, you need to get back behind the pulpit. And um, for, for most of you who don't know, um, I've got a yeah, very big history in sort of full-time ministry. And about five years ago, actually just before I met Caleb, um, I really felt to step back from that and, um, and to take a bit of a break. And, um, and so I did. And, uh, and so tonight is the first time that, like, Caleb's seeing me... <laughs> Speak, which is pretty, yeah, which is pretty cool. So tonight, um, I'm being brave and, uh, and 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 stepping out to what I believe one of the reasons why God God brought us home. Now we have rebooked um, Europe for next year, which we're super excited about. Or one of us is excited about. Um, and um, just to, you know, just to, just to finish that off, and God's just been so gracious, enabling us to be able to you know to be able to do that. But sometimes when life does sort of take take a, a different turn and sort of takes you in a direction that you didn't foresee and is uncomfortable and is you know is, is not a good you don't feel as a good place, just know that God is in control. Like I just knew that we were coming home for a purpose and for a reason, but I didn't, I didn't know what that was. And I knew it wasn't about my health. I knew I was going to be fine. Like I just had that sense, but um, I was just like, yeah, there's a real reason why we're home. And I, we flew in on the Friday. I had a job interview on the Monday and walked into like the national operations role for the organisation I was working with before I left, which was pretty, you know, pretty crazy. And there's been some other things that have taken place and we're still working out exactly why God brought us home early. We're still, still figuring that out. But I do know that there's always purpose in our pain. Like there's always, there's always a reason why things happen the way that they do. We just need to trust God that he will work that out for us. And he does because he's already gone before us. So he's already, already created a way through for us. Um, but it's his purpose um, that is at work. So hey, as a kid, I was uh, super shy, uh, pretty insecure, um, would often, uh, you know, hide behind my mother's skirt when I was meeting, you know, when I was being introduced to a new person, um, just really afraid and had this overwhelming, I guess, sense of dread of like what might happen, what are people thinking, am I okay, uh, that, that kind of thing. And I saved at a young age, always really loved God, grew up in the church, went to Christian school, all of, all of that kind of thing, um, and just, you know, made a commitment when I was, when I was really little. And um, at 15, I went to Easter camp, as you do, and uh, at, at this uh, Easter camp, there was a, a husband and wife team speaking there. Their, their names were Trevor and Jan Yaxley. And they, and the, you know, down the track would become a massive part of my life. But uh, Trevor really saw um, the gold in me, uh, you know, the shy, insecure 15-year-old girl that was, you know, battling an eating disorder and, and all kinds of other things kind of going on for me. Um, he just called the wild warrior woman on the inside of me and he saw the leadership and he saw the calling and he really spoke into that and I went away from that camp just going wow you know Jeremiah 29 11 God really does have plans for me and they're good and it's something to get excited about so finished high school and then a bunch of us 
Glenn and Debbie included, we went on this beach mission out to um, Spencer Park. And so we were doing like kids programs and youth programs and family programs for all the campers out there over New Year's. And, um, and it was a lot of fun. And we, Debbie and I actually, we led these two teenage girls to the Lord and it was just awesome. Like we just, um, we just befriended these girls. I think we were running a volleyball tournament or something and we just kind of started hanging out with them and we started sharing our faith with them and they became Christians and it was just such a high. And then we, um, you know, spent some time with them, discipling them and, and that sort of thing. And I went away from that experience just feeling like, this is what I want to do with my life. And I know a lot of you um, here, at, maybe still at high school, still trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. And for, for some, you know, for some of us, um, I wouldn't include myself in this, but for some people, they just know. You know, it's almost like they, they were born knowing what they want their life to look like. My brother's like that. He, he knows who he is. He knows um, what he's good at, and he's, he's gone ahead and done it. Um, but for me, this experience was like, yeah, this is such a high. This is awesome. I really want to be able to do this for the rest of my life. So after the, the mission, I went and did a, a, an evangelism school over at Living Springs for six weeks. I was 19. I was the youngest there by about 10 years. And, um, but just really passionate about um, learning about God, growing in God, and um, communicating that love to, to th- those around me. And so part of the criteria to pass the school of evangelism was that you had to preach in the open air. So for someone who's very insecure, like real introvert, not really into, you know, um, being the centre of attention, um, that was the, the, you know, that's what you had to do to be able to get your certificate at the end of the course. And, uh, and I remember, you know, I remember it still to this day, just like my knees were knocking and I was sweating and really just not confident at all. And just standing in front of the cathedral, which is a bit, a bit sad today, but um, standing in front of the cathedral and um, a lot of people were around that weren't really into what I was saying. So they're give, you know, giving you a bit of a hard time. So there's a lot of nerves and a lot of pressure. And I remember in that moment about to open my mouth and my heart's pounding and all of that, um, for me, it was a real watershed moment of contr- confronting my own insecurities and a real revelation of who I was. And even though I looked, you know, like I was just, you know, I was just shaking and I wasn't very confident at all and my delivery was probably very poor, um, it really just, something just changed on the inside of me. No longer was I that insecure person. No longer was I intimidated by uh, those around me. No longer was, did I feel like... Um, I couldn't do it, or I wasn't good enough. Um, something just, uh, something just snapped. And you know, love um, has a name, and it's yours. You know, the Bible says in First Peter two nine that we are a chosen priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. So we were once, you know, we were once living in that dark place. We did not know God. We did not have a relationship with God. We had not encountered His grace. But today, we do. We're living in that place of light. We're living in that place of that revelation of God's goodness and His love and His grace. And our life has just been turned upside down in the best possible way. Um, to knowing, uh, to knowing his love. You know, Jesus commands us to love one another. And that's how people will recognize us as his disciples, is, is through our love uh, for one another. Um, but I think too often in the church, 
Um, sometimes we can know the love of God. You know, I grew up going to church and, and uh, Christian school and all of that. And, and so I knew that God loved me. And, um, and I could tell you that, but I didn't really know it down here. And it took a long time for me to, I guess, from, to go from head to heart, to have that revelation that God loves me, that I could sit on my backside and eat ice cream for the rest of my life and God would still love me. His love doesn't change. And I think, you know, I think for me, sometimes I, I felt like I had to earn, you know, and sometimes ministry can, can, to be honest, can be a bit like that. You know, if you have that kind of dysfunction on the inside of you, if you haven't had that revelation, it can sometimes be a bit like that, you know, getting your name on the door and, and, and being someone and, and, and sort of having the recognition and all of that can, can, can be sort of all tied up with um, not having that revelation of the love of God. So it's really important that if you don't have that tonight, that you seek after that and you go after that because that revelation will change your life. Um, and you know, God always leads by example. You know, we all know John three sixteen um, that um, God so loved the world that He gave, and so that's our mandate: is that you know God so loved us, and then our job is to love those around us. So um, after I had that confronting experience in Cathedral Square, I youth pastored for a few years here in um, North Canterbury um, with uh, a few familiar faces and then uh, then also in town. And uh, after that, um, I went to Bible school. And this Bible school was up in Snells Beach, just north of Auckland. And um, it was pretty, uh, it was not the norm. So the, the ethos behind the school was that we don't want to train you spiritually. We want to train you mentally. We want to train you uh, spiritually and uh, physically. So when you graduate from the school, you graduate as a whole person. So not just your, you know, you don't know it, just know a whole lot of the Bible, but it, you, you actually mature, you know, you've grown up a bit. And so how the school worked had a real military kind of uh, thing to it. So all the leaders in the school had New, had New Zealand military training. So it was pretty, pretty hard. Um, and having done a bit of, you know, done a few, you know, course, you know, Bible school things here and there, this was just on a completely different level. So how it worked is that you, the alarms went off at half past four in the morning and you started the day with physical training, which five o'clock in the morning, not fun. Um, and in uh, Snell's Beach um, is like this, you know, it's not like Christchurch where the roads are flat, so you're just, you know, you're pounding the pavement, gasping for air. Then you come back and we, you, do a, you do room inspection, and so if you have a, a speck of dust in a place that it shouldn't be, then there was hell to pay. And, uh, and then we went into lectures in the morning, which, you know, just kind of, you know, Bible stuff, learning about God, loving God, evangelism, all that kind of thing. And then in the afternoon, we would do drill. So we were learning how to march and work as a team and learning that it's not about the individual. The thing with uh, the school was that if you did something wrong, so if your room wasn't up to, uh, up to scratch, then everybody suffered. So it was all about the team. It's not about the individual. So in the afternoon... We would do our drill, and then we would do work duty. And so we would be assigned to a part of the college or a part of the community for three hours every afternoon, um, unpaid, um, to just serve. And uh, then we'd finish the day with another round of physical training, which was usually a couple of hours. So it was, you know, the, the leaders had really dreamed up something, you know, special, uh, particularly in the afternoons. And so the idea behind the training was to really challenge you, not just 
spiritually, but physically and mentally, just in every facet of your life, so that you can start, because when you are in that kind of situation, like I wound up at the preschool changing nappies of, you know, of children and stuff, and we got talking with the, the different other, others in our class, and we were like, man, and I got doing this, and I hate this. It was almost like God had orchestrated us to do things that we did not like, to kind of all that negative stuff in our life to rise to the surface, for us to begin to see it and go, okay, I have an attitude around some of those things. So um, just to mix things up a bit more, um, we never knew from day to day what, what was happening. And so often, you know, 2 a.m., the burst into the dorms. They're like, get up, get up, get up. You've got 30 seconds to be downstairs. And so, you know, we'd throw some clothes on, get downstairs, and then they'd say, right, we're going, um, you know, going on a bus ride, um, jump in the bus. So we jump in the bus, and we just have no idea. We don't know. And for someone like me, who's a bit of a control freak and, you know, likes to, you know, um, have everything, you know, to know what's happening, um, that was difficult. And, uh, and so we'd end up at 90 Mile Beach, like right at the top of the North Island. And they'd say, okay, guys, we're just going to... We're just going to go for a bit of a walk. And we would walk for three days. Like, we'd walk the entire 90-mile beach. And, you know, we'd sleep for a couple of hours. We'd get up and we'd keep walking. And um, I actually went on to be one of the leaders of, of the school. And it was just amazing, you know, because you'd get all the manifestation. Like you just get people just going, oh, I'm not doing this. You know, this is slave labor and just all this kind of stuff, which I, you know, to begin with, I experienced that. But um, it just changed my life in such a powerful way. And Trevor and Jan Yaxley, who um, really ministered to me at Easter camp at 15 years old, they are the orchestrators of, uh, of, of the school and, and many, many other things. But um, it was just a really quite a powerful time. Now, while we were learning about Jesus and developing a relationship with him and, you know, making a difference in the world, um, rather than, you know, sit us down in a classroom and talk about how that all works, um, they bundled us up into vans again and took us up to a place called Kayo. And at that time, Kayo um, had just had just awful floods and there was just torrential flooding and um, the, little, uh, the little town was in a bit of a mess. And so they said, you know, rather than sit down with you guys and talk to you guys about how... Um, it's important that we reach out and we serve our community and we just minister Christ's love. Let's just do it. So we wound up at Kayo and there was a, a Mariah up there that had, um, was completely flooded and it had mud sort of up over, over your knees. And so they were pretty hesitant to a um, predominantly a you know, white group of Christians coming in saying, hey, you know, um, we want to help. But um, they, they said, yeah, that's okay, but uh, we don't have anything, you know, we don't have any spades or wheelbarrows. And we said, that's okay, we'll get some local sponsorship. So we did all that. And so for a week, we just were up to our, our knees in mud, just getting rid of this mud off the front of this marae. And at the end of our time together, um, they invited, we had a big hangi and we just had, like, had, a, had a big feed. And we were given the opportunity to talk a little bit about our faith and what motivated us to do what we did. And I think sometimes, you know, we just, um, you know, love does have a name and it is ours. And sometimes we just need to take those opportunities and we don't all, all have a, an opportunity like, you know, a Bible school and we're going off to, you know, to minister. Um, but we do have uh, opportunities and situations and circumstances in our everyday lives that often we just miss um, because we're too busy or we've got other stuff going on um, in our lives. You know, our divine purpose is, is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And sometimes we get caught on that word preach because we think, hmm. Mm. I'm not, you know, I'm not called to be behind the pulpit. 
Um, but we are all called to share the gospel. We are called to go into our communities. Uh, you, know, you know, we've all got friends, we've all got family, we've all got people in our life that don't know Christ. So it's just, you know, it's asking the Holy Spirit to lead us. It's asking the Holy Spirit just to direct us, to um, hook us up with like, relationships and connections where we can communicate that love. So I guess... Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that we need to step out of the shadows. So you are strong and you are brave, you are bold, you're secure, and you're unafraid. That is what, that's, that's who you are. That's what the Bible tells you, that who you are. And I think sometimes we, um, we often cower in fear. We don't worry about what people think of us. We don't want to be that weird Christian that just, you know, pops up and just does crazy stuff. Um, we, you know, we want to be cool. Um, but I think sometimes the detriment of what God wants to do in us and through us. The Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ. So being strong, being unafraid, being bold, being secure, that is who you are. That is the mind of Christ. Romans 12 tells us that we're not to conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So what that is, is that every time a thought or an accusation about yourself comes up, like the Holy Spirit might say to you, hey, I want you to, your work colleague, I want you to invite them to church or I want you to pay for their groceries or whatever it is. Um, the next, you know, when the Holy Spirit says that and then you have this immediate thought, mm, I can't do that. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not that person or I'm not confident enough, I'm not brave enough. Rather than cower in that space, what you need to do is you need to renew your mind. So you need to replace those thoughts with what God says about you. So my truth, or our truth, is that he has made us secure. He has made us complete. He has made us lacking nothing. And that's in James 1.4. We are righteous and bold as a lion, Proverbs 21.1. He has given each and every one of us a purpose for living, Jeremiah 29.11. That we, each and every one of us, we are the light of the world, a city upon a hill which cannot and will not ever be hidden. Um, and in that moment, when the Holy Spirit calls you to step out and speak up or reach out, the Bible tells us that He will fill our mouth what need, with what needs to be said. I might just grab my water bag. <coughs> Sorry. Um, So he will fill our mouth with what needs to be said. So there's no need to fear or worry about what people are going to think, what, what are people going to say, or what am I even going to say? Like I've been in situations where I've really felt the Holy Spirit, you know, move me to say something. You know, even in the prophetic, when you're kind of stepping out of the prophetic and, and you're, 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 you're giving a word to someone who, who isn't saved, there's that sense of, oh, I don't know actually what, you know, I don't actually know what I'm saying or even doing, you know. Um, but as we step out, the Holy Spirit fills our mouth with what needs to be said. And I've been in situations, um, we're in the Philippines ministering over there, and I was just like talking, and just, I, this is the Holy Spirit, because I actually don't know any of these things. Um, so, and that's what he does. If we make ourselves available, he will fill our mouth with what needs to be said. See, we can change the way that we feel. I think in, in our culture, it's very easy just to live 
by our emotions, like our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, just to live in that space of just, I'll just go with how I feel, just go with what kind of what, what's going on, how I'm feeling. Um, whereas God has called us to a, to, to a higher way of living. So when God calls you and says, hey, I want you to speak to so-and-so, rather than just going, oh, you know, rolling over and just going, oh, uh, maybe tomorrow, or um, I'm just not in that space, or I don't, don't really want to do that, just going, you know what? The Bible says that righteous are as bold as a lion. That's me. I'm righteous. I've been made right with God, so I'm bold. Even though I'm quaking in my boots, I know that I can walk into the situation and turn it around. And that's the power of confessing God's truth over your life. And that's how you renew your mind. That's how you change the way that you feel. So I'm going to um, brag on um, my husband a bit uh, now. He's not that happy about this, but... <laughs> So as part of our traveling, we uh, wanted to do some mission work. Um, and I have a friend, um, Amy Moranko. She runs an organization called Global Impact. And I spent um, quite a few years um, when I was up, up north um, as her PA and running a, um, a department under her. And she's just a fireball. Like, the woman is just amazing. And, um, and so she, um, she has this organisation. She does all kinds of works with street kids and orphans around the world. But in the Philippines, she, uh, she runs the space. They do a lot of stuff. But they do a lot of work around the prevention of human trafficking over there. And that's just been a bit of an interest of mine, um, just to kind of get involved, somehow make a difference. And so I said to, said to Kayla's met Amy once and was a little bit overwhelmed <laughs> by her intensity. Um, but, um, but I said, hey, let's go to the Philippines. You know, they're running their youth academy, which, which is where they bring uh, young people high school-age young people from all over the Philippines, and they bring them together for um, like, a, like a mini Bible school, really. And so I knew that there were other pastors from New Zealand and America going to be there who would be ministering. But I just, yeah, I kind of twisted Caleb's arm, and I said, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, you know, maybe they've got some building work or, um, you know, maybe some kind of hands-on work that you could get involved with. And um, one of the things I love about my husband is he's just flexible. Like, he just, you know, like, nothing's a problem, and he just, you know, just goes with the flow. And uh, so, so we, we got to the Philippines, and the first couple of days were awesome. We went diving and, um, you know, got to know some of the other um, uh, pastors and different leaders that were there and uh, some of the, the, the young people uh, that were there. And uh, we'd met with Amy, and, and I'd said to Amy, hey, you know, like, you know, Caleb's not really that comfortable with, like, praying and, you know, ministry kind of stuff. You know, like, it'll be really good if you've got a building project or, you know, you need some construction work done. And, um, and she was like, yeah, no, that's, I totally get that. That's, that's cool. Um, I've, uh, you know, we're doing this rafting activity in the afternoon with the guys. He'd be great because, um, like, Filipinos, they're quite little. And so Caleb was just, like, you know, quite the man, um, you know, around just because he's, you know, such a, yeah, well, in comparison, quite a big guy. And so, so, and he was like, yeah, no, that's cool. Yep, I'll, you know, do the whole rafting thing. Um, so we did that. So the first night we're there and, um, you know, Amy has such an intensity about her and she's just, you know, she's just a pretty wild woman and she really just goes after God. And 
was in a real intensity about the, how, how she leads. And um, so anyway, the worship team were just off the chain. Like these, these young Filipinos, like the worship was just amazing. And then, um, you know, Amy would get up and she just moves with the spirit. And she got up there and she's like, you know, God's, you know, God really wants to release his father heart. And so all these kids who are just, you know, have come from really tough. Like one of the boys that we had there had been a child soldier. And there's just, you know, it's just really, um, really hard, hard out stuff and so these kids are just like oh yeah that was totally one that so you know here in New Zealand you get an older call and you might get a handful of people but over there it was just like everybody just responds and so everybody kind of responded and um and Amy sort of was looking at me to pray and so I said to Caleb oh you know we need to like pray and he was like oh I about that and um so I said oh just you know you can just catch you can just like stand behind me and and so that was all good but Amy was just almost overwhelmed because there was just so many you know like young guys and so she was just like and she didn't really know and she just like grabbed grabbed Caleb and she's oh can you come here and he's like what and um so yeah so he was just kind of like forced into this and he could have said no or that's pretty pretty hard to say no to Amy but um um but he just he just stepped up and I watched him like throughout the week just step up and just really minister to these young guys it was it was powerful and um like as a couple, you know, we received a lot of, you know, sort of hands-on ministry and stuff as well, which was awesome. But just watching um, Caleb just, you know, I don't really feel secure in this, don't really feel like this isn't really my thing, never really done this kind of thing before, but just stepping up into it and just um, just grabbing these guys who really needed to encounter the Father heart of God because life had just been really difficult for them and just had not had a, a good dad and you know Caleb you know the big guy that he is just grabbing them and just holding them and them just crying and crying like just just a powerful just move of the spirit and um yeah like I, I think for me it was just awesome just to see him just step up into that and even though he wasn't comfortable and he wasn't confident he just stepped up into it and these guys like when we you know we'd spend a couple of weeks like when we left like they were just like you know high-fiving him and they just you know they just you just loved him so often the Holy Spirit wants to take us in areas that uh, make us nervous. And that's usually a pretty good indication that we're on the right track, is that if the Holy Spirit's speaking to us and leading us somewhere, and we're, you know, we kind of feel like, oh, I don't know about that, um, then that's often exactly where he wants to lead us. But too often we quench the Holy Spirit because we're unsure you know, if you're anything like me, you like to see that you know the end from the beginning before you sign up, and um, but that's just not how it works, and that's not how uh, walking in relationship with God works. It's about trust. It's about putting our hand in His and going, okay, I don't get it, I don't understand it, but I'm choosing to trust You. And be confident that wherever he's leading you to, in terms of reaching out and ministering to those around you, uh, it always leads to a beautiful place. Like, I've just found that. Like, just as you step out and you, you walk into whatever it is that God's leading you into, it all, like, you get a real kick out of it. But also, just what God does in that moment is really powerful. So tonight, I, um, I didn't want to have an older call 
um, or, or a, a, a time to respond. Because I think sometimes um, it's really healthy just to go home and process what you've heard and then just make, make, make the decisions that you need to make to put yourself in, you know, in that position. I know for me, for years I responded to every, my parents will tell you this, every old call. I was up the front. I was responding because I was just so hungry. Um, but when I got to this Bible school, Trevi actually said, we don't do that. You know, you, well, I'm not gonna, you're not going to come up here and I'm not going to pray for you. You pray for yourself. There's no difference between me and you. You just pray for yourself. And that was a bit of a like, whoa, that's harsh. Um, but I, I, guess, I guess my point is that you have the same relationship with God that I have. You know, so so if anything's kind of moved you or anything's kind of stirred you tonight, then I would encourage you just to go home, pray about it. When you wake up in the morning, ask the Holy Spirit to open up opportunities, you know, develop relationships in and around your life. You know, there's lots of ways in which you can minister and reach out into your community that are right in front of you right now. But there's other ways. You know, you might be able to join the fire brigade, become a big brother or big sister with big brothers, big sisters. You know, that's, that's an easy way. An hour a week, go into school, minister to kids that really need it. I'll just throw that in there. But... um. There's lots of ways, you know, join a local sports team, you know, reach out to your your neighbours and family and friends and work colleagues. There's lots of opportunities out there. We just need to open our eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate those uh, for us. So that's all I've got to say.